You are listening to Feminist Current. I'm Megan Murphy. I started this podcast over a decade ago in 2012. At the time, few were talking about the things I wanted to talk about. Feminists who were critical of third wave feminism, of the sex industry, of attempts to frame things like objectification and pornography as empowering, who wanted to focus on women's material realities, who were concerned about encroaching gender identity ideology and legislation, and who wanted to protect women's spaces, had not only been pushed out of mainstream media and conversation, but out of the modern feminist movement and the left. I wanted to provide a space for these conversations, a space for women who felt silenced or who didn't have access to legacy media or online platforms to share their work, their activism, their views, and their realities. So I did. For over a decade, Feminist Current has been a lone voice of dissent in Canada. I have since expanded my work to additional platforms, but Feminist Current remains a pivotal platform for and archive of women's work, movements, and dissenting voices. And we want to continue but we really need your help. Feminist Current has been ad-free, government-grant-free, investor-free, wealthy benefactor-free, and fully independent for years. We rely solely on individual donors, so people like you, to sustain our work. Please consider signing up for a monthly or one-time donation by going to feministcurrent.com and clicking the Donate tab, or by subscribing on Substack, which is at www.meganmurphy.ca. This means the world and truly is the only thing that can keep us going. Thank you so much for supporting our work and women's speech. The trans widow is a phenomenon that can probably best tell the truth about the transgender phenomenon, yet she is rarely platformed. She reveals the truth of the narcissism, abuse, and fetishism behind the men celebrated as brave for coming out as so-called trans women. On today's show, I am speaking with a woman whose name is being kept anonymous for safety reasons. Her story is harrowing, but important to hear and far from a one-off. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. No problem. So I don't know very much about you. I, I would love it if you could tell me a little bit about yourself. What was your childhood like? Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up on a farm, um, you know, brothers, sisters, mom and dad, you know, the normal child life. Um, I don't even know. I, I'm happy. I was a middle child. So me and my other brother that was another middle child, we're, we get along actually quite well. So, but and, normal childhood. And, and you're Canadian. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Let's let's talk about your your partner, your now ex partner. Um, tell me about how you met and and how your relationship began. Well, we met at a bar. My friend met him, I guess, the night before, and he was when he came to the bar. Um, another guy was hitting on me and I pretended he was my boyfriend and they almost got in a fight. Um, he was a real man, man had no problem to fight. Um, what attracted me to him the most, he worked construction. So, you know, the hard hat work boots, mm-hmm. you know, and then we were actually friends. Well, we dated for a bit, kind of split up. And then um, we were just really good friends for over a year. 
And then when I started dating somebody else, he got jealous and and uh, wanted to go out with me again, and that was it. Was he ever interested in, let's say, femininity in as far as, I suppose, anything? Clothing? I don't know. Makeup in the bedroom? Was was that ever something that came up for you, too? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, but I always thought it was a fetish thing, right? Uh, I guess love is blind. It's so true, I guess. What was the fetish? Uh, well, he liked the latex stuff. Um, he always wanted me to dress up in latex with the high heel boots and stuff like that. Mm. And I mean, at the beginning, it's fine. But then after once you're married and have kids, if that's the only time he wants sex, it's hard, right? Mm. And then I remember he wanted to get boots for himself. And maybe that should have been an eye opener. Mm -hmm. But I really thought it was a fetish. Right. And I mean, that kind of stuff nowadays is totally normalized. You know, like at one point in the past, that would have been perceived as as weird, um, you know, and obviously as some kind of abnormal fetish. But I think nowadays, you know, at least for the past few decades this thing's been pushed where like anything goes and we shouldn't shame people for their sexualities in quotations or their sexual interests um and you know people like dan savage of course offered the good giving and game advice which was that you know if you're in a partnership or a marriage and your partner wants to try something you should be willing to try unless it's you know very seriously harmful and he's a gay man so maybe that works better in that context but i think when we're talking about heterosexual relationships and men and women women do need to be more careful about their boundaries but in any case i digress i mean where did you think that came from first of all so he was asking you to wear latex outfits and these um fetish this fetish gear what did what did you feel about that what did you think about that when he asked you oh i yeah, i mean i just you know wanted to please him you know i've always been a pleaser and sometimes you know i think now i have to i mean i haven't dated for five years so but i mean I think what I should just do is just make sure I'm, it's for me now. I mean, not trying to please somebody else all the time. I mean, that's can be actually dangerous, I think, because then I think they take advantage of that. Sure. Because uh, it, yeah. was, it was always him and his needs. It was never mine. Mm. And uh, so, like they say, love is blind, and I was totally... I don't know, I'm going to say stupid. Where do you think he got those ideas from? I don't know. Maybe he had them because I remember finding um, some female um, DVDs. And at what point they, in, they in your relationship I, was that? That was at the beginning, right? But mm. I, he never, he just said he just like. Somebody gave it to him, and he just liked. He wanted to watch it just to see how it was. Right. I mean, and you tend to believe these things, right? All the signs were there. I just didn't see them. Well, you didn't know. And again, I mean, women women nowadays are are told that they should be totally accepting of anything and everything that their partner does and wants to do sexually. That's the reality. I mean. Um, I'm not sure how old you are, but I'm at the very tail end of, of Generation X. And, and even for my friends, I can't imagine, well, I can't imagine the situation for millennials and Gen Zs now that they're, they've grown up on the internet fully within porn culture. But, you know, my friends think of anything pornography is as completely normalized and that you know it's just a fantasy and that they really can't 
have a say and shouldn't even have an opinion on it. So fair enough, right? Um, but it sounds like he was interested in in transsexual pornography before you two even met. Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. And at what point did he bring up, you know, putting on his own boots or was it women's clothes or that was what was it? That was at the beginning. And I mean, he only wore it a couple of times and he wanted to, um, he wanted to wear makeup once just to see how he was. And then I, of course, cause he wanted to please your partner. I remember buying a wig for myself just to, you know, change it up. Right. And, uh, he, you know, all of a sudden, he wanted to wear the wig. So, like I said, all the signs were there. I was just thought it was just a, a sexual thing, not a thing that he wanted to do. And so, where did that progress to? Well, and then it didn't really progress that much. Um, after that, um, we moved provinces. And... Then I got pregnant and we had a child and then we got married a couple of years after that. So basically it was just a normal husband and wife, basically, even before we got married, you know, because we had our child, I would wake up, I would make his his uh, lunch for him um, when he came home. I couldn't work in that province for some reason. I and uh, so I stayed home. I gave up my careers. And then, uh, you know, I was the housewife, right? So we had the normal life. Then we moved back to our home province. And then things got a little bit more weirder. Um, my mom got ill, so I had to go out of the country. And then when we got back, I just had this really bad feeling. So I never slept with him again after that. And technically, it should have been a problem because, you know, you don't sleep with your spouse for five years, like sexually or even in the same bed. But he never pressured it. So you, sorry, so you went to take care of your mom and then... Or when I came back, I had this bad feeling that he cheated on me. Oh, you had a bad feeling that he cheated. Why did you have that feeling? It was, was it just out of nowhere? I just, you know how sometimes you just know, right? And then I, I know I was wrong, but I went on his phone when he wasn't around and I um, started, you know, we put the emails in, right? You can first think up and all of a sudden, these Craigslist things started coming up. So I'm like, you know, so obviously, and it was for partners. So I'm, so I guess my, and I confronted him on it and he said I, that was a lie and he never did that and, and ever, but I think he knew that I knew and that's maybe why I thought maybe he didn't pursue it. Um, he was an alcoholic and a gambler before we met and but he quit and then of course when we moved back to my home province the drinking started again and I think it's it's amazing but I've almost it's hard to put my finger on it but he has an addiction so now I almost think this is his new addiction. So you found these these Craigslist, these emails from Craigslist, and he was looking for sexual partners, or was it prostitution, or what were the the ads that he was responding to? Sorry, sexual sexual partners, sexual partners, men or women? Well, I thought there were men, so then I was thinking, well, maybe he's gay. But now when I talk to him, he's not interested in men at all. He's only interested in women. Huh. But the the Craigslist ads were, were men or? Well, yeah, men. Mm. Um, I, there, or there were sh- for um, 
the she males. Hmm. Interesting. So it was just weird, right? And and of course after that, I I could not I don't know sleep in the same bed. I just had that really horrible feeling. Mm-hmm. Um. Did you try to talk to him about it at all? Yeah, he denied everything. Right. Did his porn use bother you? I mean, how much of that, like, how much was he watching porn or how often was he watching porn? Well, he never, ever mentioned it to me, right? He saw the one uh, video, but I think he was doing it almost because I wasn't spending the nights in bed with him anymore. Mm -hmm. So I think he was doing it on a daily basis, actually. Right. And... What happened from there? From there, of course, you know, I wasn't sleeping in the same bed. Um, he started drinking more. He started getting angry. Um, it was very almost impossible to even have a, a relationship, like even a talking relationship. He would drink almost every second night, um, definitely on the weekends, to the point where he would pass out. Um, he would go to the bar, spend um, all our mortgage for the next day, and then I would have to take money out of the line of credit. He financially ruined me um, because everything was under my name. Um, It was just a horrible situation, and then... One night he got so drunk, he was threatening me. Um, I said, you need rehab, I'm going to call your dad. And he said, um, if I called his dad, he would take my phone, smash it over my head and break my skull. Mm. And he says, the only way you're going to get out of the situation if you call the police so I thought, okay, I called the police and the police came. He was so calm though. He opened up the mirror, a beer and sat on the uh, couch and waited for the police to come. And then of course, when the police came, he tried to stare me down and the police blocked him off saying, don't look at her. Mm-hmm. And um, the police came to me uh, and they said, you know what? He may have never left He's he threatened me lots of times. He end my my life, but the police and this is I didn't even tell the police this. And then they looked at me and they said he might have not laid a hand on you yet. He says, but how he's how angry he is or how he's looking at you, I know for a fact that the first time he ever lays hand on you, that'll be it. Mm-hmm. You will be dead. So, and the cops really uh, advised me to leave. They kept him for 12 hours um, so I could pack up my stuff and leave. But they couldn't, they couldn't kick him out of the house because it was he said, she said. So I ended up being, um, going to my brother's, driving my daughter to school every day in minus 40 to 50 weather. We had a really bad winter that year and he had no problems of staying in the house and leaving me pretty well. I guess, I mean, I wasn't homeless because I was staying at my brother's, but still Mm -hmm. it wasn't our home. And, um, and then a few months after that, he got really drunk one night and phoned me up and said, he wanted to become a woman. <laughs> so, and of course he's a narcissist, right? On top of that. Uh-huh. So I, of course I had to play on that narcissist thing. And, and I said to him, I go, Oh, you must be a really pretty woman. Send me some pictures. So he was sending me pictures. Oh my God. What did they look and like? then he's, I'm looking at the pictures and he's wearing some of my clothes. That could kind of tick me off. But <sighs> These guys. And he goes, 
goes, your jeans look better on me than they do on you. I'm like, thanks. So, but I'm, I'm also 10 years older than he was. So I'm not a young person. I'm in my 50s. So. Okay, so you, so you left him. He was abusive. Um, you left. And three months after you left... He just randomly phones you up and says, I want to become a woman. Yeah, but he hid it from everybody. And then he would get mad at me if I told anybody. So, I mean, he's lucky because most women would have just spread it all over and would have uh, told his parents. And he never told us. He just recently told his parents. I mean... And, and so he's living as, as a woman now. So how long ago was that, that he told you he wanted to become a woman? Four, about four years ago. And at that point, what did he do? You know, did he begin uh, to transition or, or wear women's clothes out? Or what was that? What did that mean for him, becoming a woman? Um, he would uh, go... To the bar, just as a woman. Um, and and then what else he would do? Oh, he would he would send me pictures of uh, him in his in nighty gowns lying on the couch, <laughs> while my daughter and I had to stay in a one room place because I after my brothers I moved to a one room place because it was in town. And that's all I could afford. And uh, well, he had a you know four bedroom, three story house to himself. So he'd be, you know, taking pictures of his toenails because they're all nice and colorful. And then uh, my daughter and I are struggling, getting you know nowhere. He's over $60,000 behind on child support and alimony at the moment. And the first year he was able to claim me and our child for um, for taxes. And he got like over a $10,000 refund. Instead of, you know, saying here's some money, you know, get a bigger place or, you know, have something to eat, more food or whatever, instead of us going to the food banks. He he told me exactly how he was spending it. He bought shoes galore. Like, he has probably more shoes than you and I and three other women put together. Um, bought clothes like you wouldn't believe. He bought some wigs. Um, and then he went and got his full body wax. And he's like telling me he got his butt cheeks waxed like inside and his balls and everything. And I'm like, okay. It's like, so you you can spend money like this, but your daughter and I are like struggling. And what's what's happened with his other relationships? I mean, does he have friends? Does he have relationships with his family? Well, he finally came out to his family. And he told me his mom and dad's not talking to him but then he phones me like he has a one week uh, call with our daughter um, and he's calling from his parents house and then a couple of weeks later I go well obviously your parents are talking to you he goes how do you know I go well you're at your mom and dad's and he goes well how do you know that I go well you called me from there <laughs> like I know the place, what it looks like. And did when he when he came out, you say to his parents, what did he come out as? As a woman. You know, he said that. And he was starting, he went to work, started going to work as a woman. Of course, he lost his construction job. No wonder. He started going to his did construction he, job dressed as a woman. Yeah, because he was in the <laughs> office now. But, wow. I mean, of course, six months later, his position was no longer, like, go figure, right? So he lost his hundred and something thousand dollar job. 
Just so he could dress as a woman. Yeah. So and then is- he would say, oh, I'm more attractive than all the women in the office. I'm like, oh. And he's very conceited, right? It's like... I mean, I, I sort of get the impression they're all like that. I mean, the amount of times I've heard that from these guys who dress up as women who have, you know, what's called autogonophilia, which is that fetish you were talking about, um, and heard from other women. You know, I've, t- I've talked to other women whose partners have declared themselves women also through kind of a similar process around as, you know, what you're explaining. Um, and they all seem to think like that. They think, you know, they're seeing something that's not real when they look in the mirror and, and they genuinely think they are looking like these hot, sexy women and, and think they're more attractive than so-called real women. It's very strange. Oh, I just, you know, and I, it just kind of ticks me off because, you know, he has no clue what it is like to have period or, um, or having a giving birth called me up on a mother's day once and uh he goes happy mother's day i go thank you and this was a couple of years ago he goes aren't you gonna wish me the same thing oh my god i said no he goes why not i said well she did i'm sorry i'm being a little bit rude right but i said to him i said because she didn't come out of your vagina mm-hmm. and he goes well i'd want to be called a father i said oh well then i'll just call you sperm donor ridiculous well it's just yeah it's ridiculous and then just uh, the other things and then one time he's talking with our daughter and he's about to show her his boobs what i grabbed the phone wait when did this so he was he was talking to her in person no, he doesn't have um, visitation, right? It's just a one phone call a week video chat. That's it. Okay. And, and what he tried to lift up his shirt to show her his boobs. I, I grabbed the phone. I said, that is very inappropriate. And he goes, well, she's got to learn about transgenders. And I said, no, she does not. She just accepts everybody for who they are. She doesn't know uh, different colors of skin. She doesn't know different sexes of skin. Our daughter has a disability, right? So I said, just leave her love people for who they are. It was just ridiculous. How old is your daughter? She's 12. And... What was he like as a father? I didn't spend much time with her. I, yes, I was very overprotective of her, but I've had reasons um, why. Um, put it this way, I because of my age, I wouldn't do any testing. And he said that if she was born with um, any disabilities, he would... Uh, drown her in the tub. So I didn't let him watch her that much because I was afraid of that. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I am extremely over-detective, overprotective of our daughter. But. So before she was born, he threatened to drown her if she was born with disabilities and she was born with disabilities. Is that right? Yes. And what happened when he found out? Um, in the hospital, he freaked right out, like majorly. And uh, the hospital was, I even had one of the doctors come and talk to me about it. And I said, no, I said, I'll be fine. Um, the only thing that worries me, and it'll always worry me until the day I die, is who's going to take care of our daughter when I die. She's going to need care, right? Like 
somebody to at least look on her to make sure she's not being taken advantage of because she's very sweet and loving child. And, um, but I do have older children. So I'm hoping one of them will step up and watch. They're not my, uh, it wasn't my, they're from a first marriage, my sons. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but it's funny because they, they, they told me when I told them what was happening, they go, we knew there was something wrong with them right from the start, mom. I'm like, thanks you guys. <laughs> right. Right. And I mean, it like, it sounds like he was abusive to you. Was he also abusive to your daughter? No. Um, he really didn't have too much to do with her. He pretended he was the best dad in the world. And he doesn't want to be called dad anymore. But I told him, I said, you know, there's no way you can convince her to call you mom. There's absolutely none. I said, you're lucky she calls you dad still. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said to him, I said, even with some things, she knows what the proper name of it is, but she has her own word for that. And she doesn't, she's pretty stubborn, so she won't give in. And she'll always, he'll always be dad to her. Mm-hmm. And I think it's wrong for them to try to change the kids because that's what, how they know them. And the same thing, when we were getting divorced, I said to my lawyer, I said, like, how is this even legal? I said, I married a man. A man's on the, he didn't change his name yet when we got the divorce. I said, how is this? I said, I'm marrying a man. I married a man, but I'm divorcing a woman. Like, how does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And she thought about it. She goes, you're right. It could have legal complications later. So when we were having the divorce, we didn't need his signature because he said he wouldn't sign the papers. So the judge ruled that I can get the divorce even without his signatures. So when my lawyer was drawing up the papers where every time there should have been a he or a she, she just put his name in Dave. So to make it make sure it was legal later on in life, because you never know what he's going to do. Like, I really think that he is not mentally stable. He was angry the other day and he called my lawyer a cunt. Like, and, and I just said to him, I go, well, that's not very ladylike now, is it? Yeah, I guess I maybe make fun of the situation sometimes, but sometimes the only way you get. I mean, it's a crazy situation, and I definitely appreciate having a sense of humor about it. It just, I mean, to me, he just sounds like, he sounds, you know, like, I suppose, an abusive man, uh, a narcissist, as you say, and then on top of that, with a porn addiction, an alcohol addiction, a gambling addiction, and which turned into living his fetish and narcissism out full time. Yeah, and and then it's weird because we were talking the other day, and we're not talking because I don't want to talk to him. Every time he's talking to our daughter, he wants to talk to me, and I'm like, no. Well, I need to ask you questions. How school is? I go well. I go, that's weird. I go, you never had any interest in that before. So what are you up to? And I keep on telling him anything you want to know, send it in to me, send an email to me and I will answer your questions. I do not want to talk to you, period. And my daughter doesn't want to talk to him either. She hides and then he gets mad at me. Does she, is, does she have to talk to him? You know, like, is that part of your well, divorce well, sell, settlement or the child custody thing? I got the sole custody right off the bat. You know how you have to usually go to trial or whatever. And it's very hard to get sole custody now. But I got it right off the bat. And then when we went to court for the money part, we had to go to trial for that. And then when he realized the judge was going to give me 
some alimony and some um, child support, he got mad and said, well, she never lets me talk to the child, which was a lie because every time he video chat, I let him because unfortunately I'm a very soft person. Um, so I don't like conflict. I'm, I'm curious, how did, how did you get sole custody so easily? What was that based on? Um, well, I had, um, I cycle like for the abusive, I was going to see a counselor and she wrote up everything, what was happening. And she did an analysis of him and the judge read that of course. And then of course, one of the times we were supposed to go to court, he packed up the whole house the day before court and he moved to provinces. Like right the day before court. So the judge is like, yeah, you know, somebody leaves their province where the kid and the mother is. And the day before court, obviously, he's not interested in anything. So he awarded me sole custody. Um, only thing I have to do is give him two weeks notice before I leave the country and where I'm going. And the address, which kind of scares me because um, when he did move the province, um, he didn't know where I was living when we're living in the same province. And when he moved out, he said he had a Christmas gift for our daughter. He wanted to mail it. So I thought, okay, but something didn't seem right to me. I, You know, you just get that gut feeling. Mm-hmm. He goes, okay, I just want to write it down. I go, well, why, like, write it down like why don't I just text you no no I don't want you to text it to me it was just weird and um, instead of a gift coming during the holidays and of course he did it during the holidays which is kind of pisses me off he sent the police at my door saying they wanted a wellness check well if the cop would have thought she was in any danger at all which I'm thankful he didn't he could have taken her out and I wouldn't have got her back until after the holidays and because our child has a disability she would have been devastated she would have been traumatic for a long time of course with this thing and when I showed the cops all his threatening messages and I even said on on messenger I am now blocking you. If you need to talk to me, um, email me. And I showed the police that. And then, and then the next day, he phoned me, and I said, "I see." I told the told the cops, "I go look. You see him phoning me." I said, "The call lasted four or five minutes, but he was threatening me, so I hung up." I said, "And then there is my text message saying, email me if there's an emergency." He says, yeah, you've done everything, which is uh, thankfully that I did. And, you know, he laughed. But I just think, you know, he, the cop even, he told me he's doing this to scare me. So I wouldn't go for, for alimony and for, for child support. Mm-hmm. So after you divorced and you were granted sole custody and he moved to another province, he continued to threaten you with what? He still threatens me. Like um, he said that he's going to get his brother to get sole custody of our daughter because he doesn't want to pay me any money. That's the thing. And now he says in January, because he's so far behind that they're going to be seizing all his assets. You know, I ended up thinking, well, you know what? You could care less if, if your daughter is eating or or she's clothed or what's happening. He doesn't know much about my life, and I try to keep, I keep it that way. But he's it, lucky that she has food on the table and she is clothed. But, I mean, we're this Christmas, you know, I have to go to Santa's Anonymous again. So she can get some gifts. And it's not fair for her. No, of course not. 
None of it's fair. Um, is he working now? Yeah. And um, I don't want to really say the name, but um, I know he wants to keep this job because I know this job will help him pay for his transitions, which I think is wrong. So is he I, planning on getting of, surgeries at this point or is he on hormones or anything? He's been on hormones. Like he, that's in the hormones actually was in his affidavit, which was signed by his secretary. Go like witnessed by his secretary. Go figure. What do you mean? It was the hormones going. were in his affidavit. When we went to court the very last time. So that was about two and a half years ago. He, his um, hormone pills were, about a hundred bucks a month, so we put that in as his, uh, his uh, what oh, like we call it expenses. Uh, yeah. <laughs> ah, okay. So how long has he been on hormones for? Well, at least two years. I'm not sure how long, but at least two years. Cause it's been two years since we've been in court. So, yeah, and um, yeah, so he's growing and then he he was mad because he was paying me a little bit of child support now they're taking it from his his uh not the full amount but i'm getting a little bit at least now but not much um are they garnishing his wages yeah Yeah. good but not for not the full amount though Hmm. don't ask me how he's getting away with that but Hmm. and he he's pissed off because he goes, because I have to pay you. And this was what he said. I can't get my laser surgery for um, hair removal. So what, so, is, what is he up to now? Um, I mean, is he... I think you told me um, that he had... He had been quoted, I think, in a, a, a issue of Chatelaine. Or yes. do you not want to talk about that? Sorry, I can cut that out. Yeah, because I think that'll be kind of... That'll reveal. Everybody will know. That okay, is. I'll cut that out. <laughs> okay, um, I, I mean, okay, so... and And what is he up to now? Is he doing any kind of activism around transgenderism or is he just keeping to himself or what? No, he's very active. Um, I've heard from a friend of mine that he's going around to schools. What? And talking about that. He's going into schools? Yeah. Wow. It's wrong. Well, this it's is just really hearsay. wrong. It's really wrong if that's happening. That's incredibly wrong and dangerous that an abusive, you know, porn addicted, misogynist, dangerous man is going into schools to talk to kids. Yeah. Well, my friend, she's she's like she's, you know, an activist on the other side, of course. And she, and her husband actually went to school with with um, Dave and so she knows all you know the the new name and what he looks like and all that and she sees him in all these other groups and she's the one that's telling me because I had no clue and that he's in that group to help uh, kids transition and and I, I'm like, you know what? And I'm a very big, strong activist. I just leave the kids alone. Like, really leave the kids alone. So Let's this man kids. is in groups online engaging with children to help them to transition? Well, he's he's online saying that he, sh- he wants to go to these. He's with these groups. Like, he's actually part of these groups to go. I'm not sure if he's actually going to the school, but he is part of the group. It, what? Are, sorry, what group is this? Um, it's in a different language. 
Oh, okay. So I couldn't tell you exactly what it's actually called. Okay, I'm not but that. it's a group for what? For for kids who are identifying as transgender? Yeah. And, and where's that? On Facebook? On Facebook, and he's also in other groups as well. Okay. Like um, with government groups doing this stuff. And what do you mean government groups? Well, you know, the government's funded groups that are are okay with this, right? But obviously, the straight person does not have many rights anymore. Um, I can email you later what kind of groups he's in. Oh, sure, yeah, no, I'm just trying to understand what, what's happening here. <laughs> so he's in... He's in government-funded groups that are advocating for kids who are identifying as transgender. Is that yep. accurate? Yeah. Yeah, wow. and he is, there is a, that group also goes into the schools and states that, um, you know, explains to them, you know, it's okay and, you know, we'll help you and all this stuff. I don't know if he's actually the one that's speaking, but he is part of the groups. Mm-hmm. And, and have if you he s- does speak, I'm sure my friend will tell me. Yeah. <laughs> and has he been, is he active online? Is he, is he doing so-called trans activism online? Yes. Yes. Uh, quite a bit. Because my friend, she actually joins those groups pretending and she actually sees his name pop up with these arguments all the time. And what kind of stuff is he saying? You know, that it's hard because it's in a different language, right? So she doesn't really tell me and I'm not very fluent in that language, but um, just all sorts of things. Let me see if I can come up with anything that she said to me. But uh... oh, and another thing is that he got to change our daughter's um, birth certificate without my consent. How did he manage that? Um, because he legally changed his sex and his name and on his birth certificate. So then he went to her daughter's birth certificate, changed his name and his sex on her birth certificate. So now he, she has two moms on her birth certificate. He couldn't change her stuff or my stuff. But he could change his. And I thought, I think that's really wrong because when she was born, there was a mother and there was a father. I never consent of having two mothers on her birth certificate. Right. Well. And if I had the money, I would fight it. But I don't. I'm just uh, barely you know, making ends meet. And when you said I needed a laptop and I told my friend that I didn't have a laptop, she goes, oh, why don't you just go buy one, right? I go, well, that's not really in our budget, right? (laughs) And she actually went and sent me one. Like, I mean, I'm so blessed to have friends. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Is he, so is Uh, he still working in construction? No. He's working in the financial institution. Hmm. Well, I'm sorry to hear all this. This sounds like a really, really horrible experience all around. Um, I, I'm wondering what what you make of all this. I mean, I don't know what you thought about transgenderism prior and what you think now. Well... And it's funny because well, my brother's gay, you know, and I had no problems with that, right? Because he doesn't push it in my face, right? And him being gay, he thinks 
as a gay male, like my oldest brother, not the one that I'm really close to, but he thinks what Dave is doing is wrong. Like he says it's giving the gays a bad name, what they're doing. Because they're pushing it so hard and pushing it on the kids. And he really thinks the kids should be left alone as well. And before I thought, yeah, whatever, it didn't, bo- it, you know, it didn't affect me, right? And I get that a lot when people find out that my ex turned into a woman. They go, they go, well, I guess to each of their own. And I go, well, you know what? That's what I thought too. I said, until it ruins your, your life. I mean, he's ruined us financially. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm, I'm in bankruptcy right now because of Dave. Um, we barely make ends meet every month. Um, it's just awful. Wow. Yeah. You know, I... and, the, and the abuse, he doesn't know where we live. Because I'm afraid that one day he will come here and kill us. And I think he would kill our daughter as well. Have you thought about outing him online in some way? Or telling, you know, journalists about this and and getting them to actually, you know, cover this story and find out who this guy is? I'm afraid that he would actually come and kill me. Or sue me. He would sue me. Because he's crazy. Yeah. He is not a sane person. Is there anything that he's done that the police can arrest him for? No. Because it's just all he said, she said. But I really am fearful for my life. Like he keeps on, because he has to pay me so much money. He keeps on saying, you know what? Um, why don't you move to to my province and live together and or why don't you come and visit me? I go, first of all, it takes money and I don't have any and you don't pay me anything, right? I said, and second of all, no, I don't trust you. And and all my friends know that if I was to go visit him, I'd probably end up dead. And it's really sad that I have to live my life that way do you are you do you have support you know are you connected to the local is there a local women's transition house or violence against women organization or do the cops know that he's a danger to you yeah they do know but there's nothing they can do until there's a physical violence right I mean he's never laid a hand on me it's just all hearsay And he's never done it in front of anybody. But if you look in his eyes and they're not normal, they're, they're, they're evil. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry that you've had to endure all of this. Um, And I wish there were more that, I could do to support you. So please let me know if there is anything that I can do. Um, and we'll stay in touch of course, but uh, thank you so much for sharing your story with me. I really appreciate that. I know that it's, it's not easy to do that. No, I'm trying to like, everybody's shocked of how happy and I go, well, you know what? I'm not going to let him wreck my life. I was always the happy and I was a very confident person beforehand. I was a businesswoman, you know. But now, but when you're put down for years, saying you're, you know, ugly and fat and not good looking and and stupid, and it's it's hard, right? I mean, it's really hard to build up your self esteem again. And my, my self-confidence is still at nil. But you just got to move on. And um, I'm happy. I joke around with my friends. And, and tell you the truth, I've actually lost some of my friends because of this. Because they think he should be getting all the support. 
and they know what he's put me through and they've known he put me to financial disaster but they still feel sorry for him because and I'm there going why like he's done this to himself unbelievable <laughs> it's just it's enraging people don't really understand the situation and I think that's why it's so important that you and women like you speak up because I think it reveals everything about what's going on here with this this transgenderism trend for men in any case and believe it or not I'm in one of the only towns that we're going to take a vote to to um, band the the uh, pride flag and the sidewalks because a few years ago they never existed and people go well that's because you're hateful and stuff like that and they're thinking no it's just because you know what before I didn't care about the pie flags or whatever but you know what every time I see a pride flag or a pride sidewalk it just reminds me of all the crap that he's put me through and I don't want to be reminded of that daily I just want to get on with my life and I don't need to see that and I think people don't realize that's the reason why sometimes we don't want to see the pride flag and the pride sidewalks it's not because we're against gays it's because we've been hurt and then I read so many other stories of how many kids are just confused about sexuality and I get it because they're young and they don't know about things things and soon as they question something people think that oh no that's because you want to transgender you know you want to be a transgender and these poor kids are being put on hormones and then they realize no that's not what they needed they just needed somebody to talk to but they were convinced that they were the opposite sex and I grew up as a tomboy and I'm thinking to myself if I grew up back then as today they would try to convince me I was um a man and I'm far from a man I mean it's, I you know I did a lot of modeling and stuff like that I mean I like being a woman yeah so it's, it's like it's really it's an insane trend and the fact that it is driven by these kinds of men makes it ever more troubling um Thank you again for taking the time and, and for reaching out and for sharing this with me. I really appreciate it. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Take care. Okay, bye. I'm Megan Murphy. Thanks for tuning in to Feminist Current. You can find us online at feministcurrent.com, tweet at us at feministcurrent, or send us an email at info at We are hosted by Spotify and you can subscribe to the Feminist Current Podcast on all your favorite podcast apps. You can even give us five stars and a review on iTunes. Feminist Current is produced and hosted by myself, Megan Murphy. We have been ad-free, sponsorship-free, wealthy investor-free, and fully independent since 2012. If you enjoyed this podcast and value independent women's media, by women, for women, no compromises, please consider making a donation to support our work or supporting us directly on Spotify by clicking the support button. Just visit feministcurrent.com and click the donate button or go to www.meganmurphy.ca to subscribe. <laughs>